She's on the money. She's on the money. <laughs> Hello and welcome to She's on the Money, the podcast for millennials who want financial freedom. Welcome back to another Shop Back Money Diary Monday, where we get to have a chat with one of our beautiful community members, learn about them, learn about their money story. V, I have a good one for you this week. Are you excited? I am very excited. Do you want to tell me a little bit about it? Absolutely. So this week's diary said, I've gone from 100 to zero and I'm slowly climbing my way back from running my own business to having to give it all up due to emotional and financial abuse, draining my emergency funds and putting pause on my studies. I finally scraped back to the surface of having my life back and I'm creating a fresh new path for myself. (gasps) What? That sounds like a crazy good story. Absolutely. I'm so excited to hear more. So hello to our money diarist. How are you? Yes. Hello. They just stay really quiet while we do our little intro. Um, (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you for hanging out in the background. Money Darist, I'm really excited to learn more about your money story. But as always, we are going to start this episode off with our structured questions so that we can get on the same page. So let's dive straight in. Money Darist, what is your attitude towards money? Um, I'd say, I don't know how you answer it, if it's just one word or just go on, but I guess I'm pretty frugal with money. Like growing up, my parents were both really bad with money and I watched that from the sidelines. And I remember when I was probably, I must have been 16, I got my first job. Oh, 15. And I remember seeing my mom, she had a credit card and it just kept racking up and up and up and up. And I was like, I never, ever want to be like that. Like I never want to have a credit card, never want to have a big loan to buy things, which spoiler alert did happen. But (laughs) yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm really really big into budgeting as well. So yeah, that's, I guess that's, that's it. What about seeing your mum with a credit card made you go, I don't want that? Because some people see their parents with credit cards and I guess the apple then doesn't fall far from the tree and they go, well, that's second nature. Like mum had a credit card, I'll get a credit card. What was in your mind when you were like, I don't want that? Well, I guess because she was a single mum raising me and my brother. And so she used to use it to buy things like like books and stuff for school and then if she wanted to get us some some clothes or something she'd use it but then I remember one time she decided to just go on a big spending splurge and she racked up her debt so high that when it came to paying it off because she wasn't working she got herself in quite a big predicament and then she was kind of how does the saying going uh robbing Peter to pay Paul yes yeah and so I just remember like when she was in that state I was like oh it's I'd never want to be so hard up with money that I don't actually own. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes absolute sense. And it's interesting to see that that, I guess, was an experience that you got to see and learn from and go, um, no, thank you. Thank you, though. Not for me. All right. Next question, my friend. Perfect question. What do you do for work? How much money do you earn? <laughs> so I'm a bookkeeper by like title. Um, for a company, but I kind of manage everything in the company. So if there's a problem, I sort it. If I need to pay customers, I sort it. If I need to chase them up. So I do a bit more than what the role is. Mm-hmm. And I earn 54000 a year. 
Oh my gosh. And to contextualize that, that is 54,000 New Zealand dollars because you're one of our friends from across the ditch. Am I right, Lenny <laughs> Diarist? Yes. Yes, I am. Can you give us a little bit of context though? Is that a standard salary? Is that a high salary? Like we don't live in New Zealand. What do salaries in New Zealand look like in comparison to Australia? Because obviously you would hear it on the podcast a fair bit, what people are earning. Um, It's probably like the entry into full-time work level. So Mm -hmm. I guess if you were, if you were qualified with a degree, and doing something, you'd probably be more on like the 70,000 threshold. Yep. Yeah. Just like an introductory kind of, yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I'm only asking because I'm like, oh, is it the same? Is it different? I know other people listening are going to be thinking that. So (laughs) next question, Money Diarist, what's your big money goal at the moment? So biggest goal would be to buy a little farm with my partner. A little farm? Oh my yeah. gosh, I thought you were going to say a little house and then you said a little farm. <laughs> no, 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 definitely. A little house on a little farm would be nice. Oh, so sweet. Why a farm? Is that um, what your partner does or yeah, what's going yeah. on? So he's a stock manager on a 2,000-acre uh, station. Wow. Yeah, so we're on the high country. We're basically on the side of a mountain and then there's a river and then there's another mountain. Oh, so sweet. And you guys are going to buy a little farm to live on while he still does that type of work? Um, Eventually, I think just start with the little farm and also have him working and then rent out the little house that'll be on it, but work the land and then eventually buy a bigger piece of land. Oh, that's so exciting. Are you going to have pets? That's a very important question. This is She's Um, on the Money. We already have pets. (laughs) Oh my gosh. How many pets have you got? That's very important. (laughs) So I've got three horses and a dog and he's got five dogs. Oh, that would impact the budget, would it not? Um, The horses, yes. <laughs> the, <laughs> the horses the dogs, are expensive. Yeah, the dogs, no, because the dogs are like a working expense. So they're actually covered by his boss. Oh, how yeah. good. I've got lots of questions about that. We will come back to that because I think we'll get completely off track and Jess is looking at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> All right. Next question is, do you currently have any investments, Money Diarist? I do. So I have $500 in sharesies, just a little like dipping my toes in. To we our love sharesies. <laughs> and um, I have KiwiSaver over here instead of superannuation yep. and I have 21000 Oh, wow. But you're so young. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very impressed with you. All right. Next question, Money Diarist. Do you currently have any debts? I do. I have a personal loan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 23000 and yep. I got it for a truck for when I had my business was up and running and going. I needed a workhorse truck, like a proper truck. vehicle. Yeah, yep. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only, that's the only debt I've got. When you say I needed a truck, that makes me want to ask, what was your business? What type of business were you running where this gorgeous woman that I'm looking at needs a truck? (laughs) Um, So I was training horses. So I needed something that could pull and tow and yeah. How exciting. All right. Sorry, Jess, I'm getting off track again and again. The next question is, do you use Shopback? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I mean, you're in New Zealand, but come on, why not? I I really hate shopping. So. That's fair. Okay, that's so, yeah. absolutely fair. It's yeah. not your vibe. We like we respect that. 
It's interesting asking people what they do and how it works and getting to know what their money story is, but also like who they are personally. So it makes sense. If you don't like shopping, why would you be using a shopping app? (laughs) Like it makes sense. The app sounds really cool, but I don't shop enough to even warrant online shopping. Yeah, that's very fair. So I've got a sneaky suspicion that you might have maybe a couple of good money habits. So money diarist, what are your best money habits? Um, I'm a bit of a spreadsheet junkie, so I'm really good with my budgets and keeping to the budget. And every, it's probably every five or six weeks, I recalculate my budget with however my average earnings is going because some weeks I'm paid like hourly, so not a a salary. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, recalculate the budget whenever I need to. So that's probably my best money habit and also being quite frugal. Like I don't feel the need to go out and buy a coffee or I, I mean, I live an hour away from the shop, so I can't really do anything anyway, which is. That's fair. That really does mean that you are forced to put some time between you and your spending. Whereas for me, it's a little more accessible and sometimes a little bit of a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Next question in comparison, Money Darius, what is your worst money habit? It's a little bit contradictory, but my birthday month is terrible. Like I'm just treat myself wherever I go, whenever I go. It's yeah, You're like it's my here, birthday month. Pretty much, yeah. I just love to splurge on my birthday. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, what does splurge mean to you? Oh. <laughs> Probably like going and getting coffees and lunches and takeaways. and So it's not going out and buying like big designer bags. It's not oh. going on like overseas holidays. Like because yeah. splurge could mean a lot yeah. of different things to a lot of different people. And that's actually a really fun question to ask because you're like, oh, it's coffees. So I'm like, hold up, hold up. What do you mean? <laughs> if you'd asked me when I was like 17, 18, I would have said overseas trips. I used to always go overseas, whether it was – to Europe or to Australia or wherever, but then I got a little bit older and realized I needed to be a little bit more saving with my money than splurging on going to Italy or. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I totally get that. And also I just feel like there's been something going on over the last two years. It's really stopped us from being able to access overseas travel. I can't remember what it was, but Last question before we go to a quick break and get into a lot of pervy questions that I have for you. If we forced you to give yourself a money grade, what would you grade yourself? I'd probably go with a B minus. Oh, why? I think like with the circumstances I've gone through in the last kind of 12 months, I would be a higher grade if I hadn't had to go through a lot of my funds, but at the same time I Mm -hmm. had those funds there. So Yeah. That makes absolute sense. Now let's go to a quick break and then I want to get into why you have been spending a little bit more over the last 12 months. Don't go anywhere. All right. We are back. Money Diarist, you have such an interesting story to tell that I don't feel like we got a lot about in the structured questions, but you did allude to having gone through a few things in the last 12 months and that maybe you've spent a bit more and maybe not been as good with money as you would like to have been. Tell us why. What's been going on? So I grew up like I said earlier, I grew up with my mom and she's a single mom. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, she kind of used me and my brother as her emotional outlet. And as time went on, we both got jobs quite young. So about 15, 16. And then she started using us as a bit of a financial outlet. So when I was probably about 17, we started splitting all the bills like we were flatmates. So power, internet, we did our own groceries. And um, 
fast forwarding onto a couple of years ago, my brother had kind of had enough. So he moved out and then the load kind of fell onto me. Wow. Yeah. But at the time it was a little bit like I was seeing everything through tinted glasses. Like I wasn't really seeing that her behaviors weren't normal because that's all I ever knew. Yeah. And okay. We actually made a really big move from the top of New Zealand to the bottom of New Zealand. And when yep. we got down, I started my own horse training business because we got facilities, we got a big property, and it was all fine when I was paying her to run the business on the property. And I was still living at home at this point, but again, like we were kind of living separately. And then after about 12 months, my business started to really ramp up and I was getting heaps and heaps of like clients coming through. And she, I don't know if it was stealing her limelight with like the community around us. So she started charging me more and more. And then it got to a day where she just kind of put her hands in the air and said, no, you can't run your business here anymore. And so I had to close off my business in 2000 and at the end of 2020. So we'd come out of lockdowns and everything. Wow. So you had to close it down purely because your mom was like, no, you can't do it. Like, yeah, because yeah, because without somewhere to to do it, yeah, I couldn't run it. And like, I did try to do the traveling two people thing, but it just didn't really work because there wasn't enough hours in the day for it to be profitable. Because I was still working full time on the side. Yeah, so, yeah. Wow. So you weren't able to continue it purely because your mum was like, nope, not having it anymore. And I guess from your perspective, that didn't have a lot to do with the fact that she needed the space. It was more she just didn't like that you were potentially being so successful, which is very hard to swallow, I'm assuming, from your perspective because I would, again, assume, and these are all assumptions, so you're the one telling the story here, but I'm assuming that might not have been the first time because usually that type of behaviour is an ongoing type of behaviour. So is that something you'd experienced historically? Yeah, definitely. I When I left high school, or actually my final year of high school, I was working 26 hours a week on top of school just to kind of pay my way. And then I said, oh, I want to go to university. And she's like, well, how do you expect to bring in enough money and also go to uni? So it was kind of like a shutdown before I could get there type of thing. And then at the uh, end of 2020, I decided that I would study from home. And again, mm-hmm. it was kind of one of those things of why would you bother? You need to work full time. Like you don't have the time, you don't have the resources. So it was definitely not the first time with the business. Um, it kind of, it's always been like a block in the stepping stones of getting anywhere. And, you know, just to be a little bit pervy, because if not pervy, are we even money diaries? Where do you think that came from? Like, you know, obviously you're anonymous. So this is a space where I can be like, well, what did your mum do for work? And how did that work? And where has this come from? Like, why do you think she's put so much pressure on her kids? Was it literally out of necessity? Because I totally can understand some families are in the position where, do you know what, financially, we are struggling and we really need help. But where do you think this has come from and how has this popped up? Well, it definitely is like a one solid reason. So my dad was also very terrible with money and he would mortgage against our mortgage and then he got a caveat against our house and he went into liquidation, he went bankrupt and I think all of that made her go, well, the money's not there so I need to get the money from someone. You can't stop working because – we need the money. Yeah. Okay. And at any point, did you go, "Mm, this isn't normal? Or was that just, okay, yep. Like we're a family, this is what we do. And how has that 
changed your money story now because I know from what you said in your email, you're not in that situation anymore. So what's going on and how did that work and how did it all come to a head and get discussed maybe? It never really got discussed per se. I mean, it was always very open and common knowledge between all of us what was going on, which is growing up was quite good, but it was also a lot of weight on your shoulders. And knowing that a lot of my friends at school weren't going through the same thing, but that I couldn't kind of go well as me because it wasn't going to get us out of the situation. Um, I just think over time, you just let it be what it is. If that makes sense. No, that makes absolute sense. How has that impacted you? You said before you've got a partner and you know you're saving for a home. How's that impacted your relationship? And what does that relationship with your mum look like now? Well, when I decided to move in with my partner, it was the first time I moved out of home because I like as well as financial, she used to make you feel like you couldn't leave, you couldn't do what you wanted to do. So when I moved out, she actually stopped talking to me for a few months. And even now she'll only talk to us if it's about her. That sucks. I'm so sorry that that's the nature of the relationship because, you know, just reading into your tone of voice, is it right to assume that that's maybe not how you want the relationship to run? No, definitely not. And it's like, we spend a lot of time with my partner's parents and not being able to have the same kind of luxury of going out to dinner or popping in and saying, hi, it's quite, it's a little bit like tiring, always trying to tiptoe around this kind of pretend happy families and my partner with kind of what went on around the time I moved out, he grew to really dislike her just for the way she was treating me and talking to me. So, Which, I, I mean, I don't know him, but I feel like that's incredibly understandable. I don't particularly love people who are treating the people I love not well. So that makes absolute sense, but it does, I guess, from my perspective, form a bit of a, you know, friction point there as well. Cause you're like, Oh, but this is my mum, but I also feel really bad, but I also don't really want to be treated like this. And it puts you in a situation where you're in a bit of a rock and a hard place. So what does that look like in the future? And I guess, how are you changing your money story? So that's maybe not a part of it in the future. I think for now, like the two of us are just focusing on being able to create our own life together rather than trying to keep everyone on the sidelines really happy, especially yeah. with going into having a little farm. It is really just the people that are involved. And as much as you want to keep kind of your family close and your friends involved, you can't because you've got to get things up and going. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about the spending over the last 12 months. You said in your email that you had drained your emergency funds and you'd also, you know, pressed pause on studies. Where are we now? What does the future look like? Are we building back our emergency funds and what did you spend them on? Okay, so I had $10,000 in my emergency fund. Um, having so many expensive pets, I wanted to make sure I had plenty in it. Yes, absolutely. And when I moved out, I'd actually gone halves in a horse with my mum. And the day I told her that I was moving out, she just demanded the money back. So that took a couple grand out of the savings. And then I had to buy a trailer to move all my animals and move all my stuff. So that drained it right down as well. And then over time, I'm very lucky where we live at my partner's work. It's pretty much expense free except groceries. So I've been able to bring my emergency fund back up from zero to 5,000 in the last couple of months, which is quite cool. 
Because you have that trailer now that you bought, is there the opportunity for you to like rent it out or something like that potentially to other people who are in a situation like you were in where they're like, oh, I really need it for this one thing, probably don't want to outlay the huge amount of cash? Is that, is that something you've looked into at all? Yeah, absolutely. It's a little tricky with where we're based because we live so off the beaten track. Like I, we literally live inside the mountains, but definitely if – even without like a financial view on it, if my friends are needing help, I can offer that to them. That is so nice. That is That's such a like, so kind-hearted thing to be able to prioritize that. And the fact that you're like, oh, if my friends need help, like I know I've got that there. Like how many people do you talk to that are like, yep, it's like if I get a bill or this or that and it's not about their friend. I love that. You sound so kind. You sound like the type of person that everybody in our community would want to be best friends with and like wrap you up and be like, no, we'll be your mom. It'll be fine. <laughs> what does that mean for the future? So like where's study? What's that look like? Are you going to restart your business? It sounds like you were wildly successful before, but had a few hurdles that you needed to get over. You're going to have hopefully in the future, your own little farm and stuff. Is that what the future looks like, tell us. I want to know what your goals and aspirations are for the future. Yeah. So I definitely want to be a part of the whole farm thing with my partner because I don't want to be the kind of the farmer's wife that stays at home. Um, but study-wise, I'm actually studying a certificate in financial servicing. Oh, what? <laughs> Where has that come from? <laughs> um, so hopefully in the next kind of 12 months because I'm actually restarting my study on the 14th of February, which is really exciting. And it's all from home, so it's great. Um, but oh yeah, hopefully God. in 12 months I'll be somewhere higher on the track. Oh, my gosh. So what's the plan with financial services? Like why do you want to be so boring, my friend? <laughs> it's not boring. <laughs> or, I mean, it's a bit hypocritical of me to call it boring. Like I don't think it's boring, but a lot of people might go, oh, financial services. Like why, where, when, how, what are you going to do? Well, because I have been a bookkeeper for the last three or four years and mm -hmm. I, I really enjoy numbers and working out budgets and being very structured in work. I kind of, I looked into, well, what can I do that's not being a bookkeeper? And there's nothing wrong with being a bookkeeper but it is just, it is very kind of end of the road. Like it doesn't amount to too much more. And over the next wee while, cause I'm certified or certified as a bookkeeper, I will go off independently as a contractor until yeah, I can epic. get certified with financial servicing. Oh, I love that for you. And I think it's really interesting that you say that because obviously there are some jobs where, you know, if you're a bookkeeper, it's kind of like that's a solid job, but there's not heaps and heaps of career progression unless you're planning on starting your own business and then getting other bookkeepers and bringing on clients. And if you're not super passionate about that, then that's probably not what you're looking at doing. So it is definitely a solid career though. Like I cannot tell you, we have a bookkeeper. I don't know if she listens to our podcast. Nicole, if you are listening, you're a legend and you literally save my butt a million times a month. Also Jess's butt, just okay. <laughs> but it's one of those things that it's such a valuable role to play inside people's businesses as well that, I don't know, solid career. But then also I can completely see why you want to do something different or something a little bit more because if you're not super satisfied with it, I can say that. 
I can see that. I think it's really great to see that you've thought super pragmatically about it as well and kind of gone, oh, like I like bookkeeping. I'm really good at it. It's given me this foundational skill set, but what else can I do with that? I think that's really an incredible attitude to have. And obviously we're hugely in support of going into the financial space. We love to see it. Um, And I have no doubt that you'll be super successful at that. Um, What do job opportunities just out of curiosity look like with you being so remote? I know you said your education is going to be online. Is there a lot of opportunity to take on? Have you looked into roles like this to do those remotely as well? Or are you in for like a huge commute? Um, I think in the long run, because I know that we won't be up where we are for mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. When we're back down kind of closer to the world, it'll <laughs> be a lot easier. But yeah. even from where we are, like the commute's only an hour and an hour down here is not actually that long. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I've i kind of wondered about it with what I'm doing at the moment. I can do everything online, which is great. But, yeah, once I get into that kind of financial servicing industry, I will have to rethink, maybe get a cheaper car to run. That's no. fine. You can figure that out when you You'll get there. You'll work it out when it happens. <laughs> um, I want to flip back. I have a few questions, um, I guess, about your personal situation again and about life and how that works. And something that, you know, I've just been thinking about over the last few minutes is that you just seem to have this passion and drive to educate yourself and support yourself and, you know, create this life and that's obviously not been supported historically for you and so many people in similar situations to you often don't feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel or an exit point or that maybe that's the way it's going to be or they actually believe the things that they're being told like well you just have to work for full time you don't actually have to go and study and they might go okay no problems I don't have to do that why why are you in this situation where you know you want more for yourself? Like where's this drive coming from that I can see on your face when you talk about your career and your education and what you want to achieve? Like where have you learnt this? Because I don't believe it's come from your mum. <laughs> no. Um, so when I had my first business, it was it was just really rewarding knowing that everything I was putting in was coming out double and not even just in terms of money like the people that I was dealing with, seeing the outcomes with them and who I was helping was really cool. But I think now with kind of what happened over the last 12 months and getting really beaten down emotionally, my partner played a really, really big role in it. That's incredible that you, I guess, not forged that relationship because it already existed, but you know, I think having someone that you know you can rely on so heavily in those kind of more tumultuous times, uh, it must give you such a sense of comfort, right? Yeah. And it's gorgeous. But then on top of that, like you've gone and started a business on your own in a situation where I'm getting the vibe it wasn't exactly super welcome. Like you've gone from you know, being, I just, I'm just in awe, if that makes sense, of somebody who was in a situation where running your own business obviously wasn't welcomed and it wasn't something that was super supported. And you were just like, okay, well, whatever it's going to cost, I'll pay more. I'll do this. I'll do that. And obviously the stopping point there was that you couldn't continue it because it was a no. And when it's a no, it's a no. But from my perspective, I just, I don't know, I want to pick you up and hug you and be like, you're so impressive. And, you know, there are people in our community who don't have supportive parents, who don't have, you know, people around them that they ideally would love to have around them. And that's why I think, you know, a bit self-centered, but why I think the She's on the Money community is so valuable because 
I want people to know their worth. I don't like I you shouldn't have to be picked up by one individual and be like, no, money diarist, you are worth something. But you've done that to yourself. And I just think that that's so beautiful to see, but also something we can all learn from because it doesn't matter what your background is, what your financial situation was, who's supporting you or not. Like at the end of the day, the one person that has your back is you and you've done that really well. And I think that we could all learn a little bit from you and from your story and, you know, take that forward. But if there are people in your past position right now where they just not supported or they're not feeling welcomed, what would you say to them? Like, what is your advice? Because I can't give advice to that. I thankfully haven't been in that position and it would be a mess of me to do that, but you're perfectly positioned for that. Um, I think just definitely talk to people. I spent a lot of time saying nothing to anyone about anything that was going on. And then when it did come to light to people like my partner if you tell people, they will actually stand up and say something. People won't just sit there and be like, oh no, you're just being ridiculous. I remember one day my partner sat me down. He's like, if a boyfriend was treating you this way, you wouldn't stay. So why are you letting a parent? And you just kind of need that voice of reason. And sometimes you do need the voice of reason to be someone else's. Sometimes you can't be the only one that helps yourself. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And Jess, we've said this before on the podcast, like, you need to hold your own and it doesn't matter who they are or what connection they have to you. Sometimes you just have to say, yeah, you might be my mum, but you're not supportive of me and that's not nourishing me. That's not helping me grow. Like, you're right. If that was my partner, I wouldn't put up with that. So why am I putting up with that just because you're my mum? Like, oh, I really like that sentiment and I think that that's probably a really good place to leave it, actually. Money Diaries, thank you so much for joining us today. But unfortunately, I do think that is all we have time for today. So just before we head off, we'd like to acknowledge and pay respect to Australia's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. They're the traditional custodians of the lands, the waterways and the skies all across Australia. We thank you for sharing and for caring for the land on which we are able to learn. We pay our respects to elders past and present and we share our friendship and our kindness. See you next week, guys. Bye.